0: And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hodnell. This is the Ken Hodnell Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today's November 16th, 320th day of the year. 45 days remain until the year's over with. And then we can do it all over again. Well, holidays and observances, which you all have asked me to do each day, it's Guinness World Records Day. Night of Hecate. Let's see if I can find out more information about that. Hecate's first appearance in Greek mythology comes in a tale of Persephone. When Persephone is abducted by Hades, and her mother needs help finding her, Hecate leads the mother through the underworld to find her daughter. And the myth goes on to offer an explanation for the beauty of spring. Hecate's role is that of guide and protector. The Knight of Hecate is here to reveal more about her. Well, people who are interested in Greek mythology, magic, and witchcraft may mark the night of Hecate with various rituals. Um, special foods, uh, creativity, um, Whatever you can imagine would fit under the Night of Hecate. International Day for Tolerance. Well, we need a whole lot more of that in the world. Have a Party With Your Bear Day. Clarinet Day. National Button Day. Social Enterprise Day. Use Less Stuff Day. Indiana Day. National Fast Food Day. Beaujolais Nouveau Day. World Philosophy Day. Human-Animal Relationship Awareness Week, Transgender Awareness Week, National Young Readers Week, it's Lung Cancer Awareness Month, National Children's Month, um, World uh, Vegan Month, National Peanut Butter Lovers Month, Movember, National Epilepsy Awareness Month, National Heritage, Ameri- National Native American Heritage Month. Manatee Awareness Month, National Promegranate Month, National Novel Writing Month, and National Adoption Month. And Let's see what else we've got. 951 A.D., Emperor Li Jing sends a southern Tang expeditionary force of 10,000 men under Bianhao Hao to conquer Chu. Li Jing removes the ruling family to his own capital of Nanjing, ending the Chu Kingdom. 1272, while traveling during the Ninth Crusade, Prince Edward becomes King of England when Henry III of England dies, but he won't come back to England for nearly two years to assume the throne. 1491, an auto de fe held in Bracero de la Dehesa outside of Avila, concludes the case of the Holy Child of La Guardia with the public execution of several Jewish and Converso suspects. The uh, the Converso Was somebody who converted to Catholicism in Spain or Portugal, uh, particularly during the 14th or 15th century, or one of their descendants. And again, I don't understand what all this issue is about uh, race. 1532, Francisco Bazon and his men capture Inca Emperor Atahualpa at the Battle of uh, Cajamarca. 1632, King Gustavus Adolphus of Sweden is killed in the Battle of Lutzen during the Thirty Years' War. 1776, American Revolutionary War. British and Hessian units capture Fort Washington from the Patriots. 1793, French Revolution. Ninety dissonant Roman Catholic priests were executed by drowning at Nantes. I guess you've heard that the uh, the Pope, God's representative on Earth, was unhappy with the bishop in Texas and... Removed him. that to teach you to disagree with his lordship. 1797, the Prussian heir apparent, Frederick William, becomes King of Prussia as Frederick Wilhelm III. 1805, Napoleonic Wars, Battle of Shelgren, Russian forces under Petra Bagration, the lady pursuit of French troops under Joachim Murat. 1822, American West Missouri trader William Becknell arrives in Santa Fe, New Mexico, over a route that became known as the Santa Fe Trail. 1828, Greek War of Independence. The London Protocol entails the creation of an autonomous Greek state under Ottoman su- uh, suzerainty and encompassing Noria and the Cyclades. 1849, a Russian court sentences writer Fedor. Duskyevsky to death for anti-government activities linked to a radical intellectual group sentences later commuted to hard labor don't agree the way we tell you to we're going to get you we got a lot of that going on today 1855 David Livingstone becomes the first European to see Victoria Falls in what's now Zambia Zimbabwe. 1857, Second Relief of Lucknow, 24 Victoria Crosses are awarded, the most in a single day. 1863, American Civil War, and the Battle of Campbell Station, Confederate troops unsuccessfully attack Union forces, which allow well, General Ambrose Burnside to secure in Knoxville, Tennessee. 1871, the National Rifle Association of America gets its charter from New York State, and it's been a thorn in the President's side ever since. 1885, Canadian rebel leader, the, the Metis and father of Manitoba, Louis Real, is executed for treason. 1904, English engineer John Ambrose Fleming gets a patent for the thermionic valve. That's a vacuum tube, don't you know? 1907, Indian Territory, Oklahoma Territory, joined to form Oklahoma, which is ad- admitted in 1907 as the 46th U.S. state. 1914, the Federal Reserve Bank of the U.S. officially opens. 1920, Qantas, Australia's national airline, is founded as Queensland and Northern Territory Aerial Services Limited. 1933, the U.S. and Soviet Union established formal diplomatic relations. 1938, LSDs first synthesized by Albert Hoffman from uh, me at the Sandoz Laboratories in Basel. That's in Switzerland. 1940, World War II in response to the leveling of Coventry by the German Luftwaffe two days before. The Royal Air Force bombs Hamburg. 1940, the Holocaust occupied Poland. The Nazis closed off the Warsaw Ghetto from the outside world. Also in 1940, New York City's mad bomber, George Metesky places its first bomb in a Manhattan office building used by Consolidated Edison. 1944, World War II, in support of the Battle of Hercan Forest, the town of Durin is destroyed by Allied aircraft. On this day in 1945, UNESCO was founded. 1958, National Airlines Flight 967 explodes in midair over the Gulf of Mexico, killed all 42 people on board. 1959, Aeroflot Flight Flight 315 crashes on approach to Viv Airport, killing all 40 people on board. 1965, the Venera Program. Soviet Union launches the Venera 3 space probe toward Venus, which will be the first spacecraft to reach the surface of another planet. 1967, Aeroflot Flight 2230 crashes near Kutsalvo Airport, killing 107. 1973, Skylab Program. NASA launches Skylab 4 with a crew of three astronauts from Cape Canaveral, Florida, for an 84-day mission. 1973, President Richard Nixon signs the Trans-Alaska Pipeline Authorization Act into law. Authorized the construction of the Alaska Pipeline, which had the left screaming in pain. 1974, the Arecibo message is broadcast from Puerto Rico. The uh, Arecibo message, for those that are not familiar, is an interstellar radio message carrying basic information about humanity and Earth that was sent to the global cluster Messier 13 in 1974. Men is a demonstration of human technological achievement rather than a real attempt to enter into a conversation with extraterrestrials. It was broadcast into space in single time via frequency-modulated radio waves at a ceremony to mark the remodeling of the Arecibo Telescope in Puerto Rico on November 16, 1974. Well, I'm sure they checked if they received it and couldn't see signs of intelligent life on this planet. In 1979, the first line of Bucharest Metro was opened from... uh, Tempuri Noita, to uh, Simona Teruria in Bucharest, Romania. 1981, Aeroflot Flight 3603 crashes during landing at Risk Airport, killed uh, 99. 1988, Supreme Soviet of the Estonian Soviet Social Republic declares Estonia as sovereign but stops short of declaring independence from the Soviet Union. 1988, First open election in more than a decade, voters in Pakistan elect populist candidate Benazir Bhutto to be prime minister of Pakistan. 1989, El Salvadoran army troops killed six Jesuit priests and two others at Jose Simeon Canas University. 1990, pop group Milli Vanilli stripped of their Grammy Award because the duo didn't sing at all on the Girl You Know It's True album. Session musicians provided all the vocals. 1992, the Hoxney Hoard is discovered by the detectorist uh, Eric Laws in Hoxney, Suffolk. And for those that are not familiar with the Hoxney Hoard, it's the largest hoard of late Roman silver and gold discovered in Britain, and the largest collection of gold and silver coins of the 4th and 5th centuries found anywhere within the former Roman Empire. It consisted of 14,000 865 Roman gold, silver, and bronze coins and 200 items of silver tableware and a lot of gold jewelry. The value of the hoard is estimated in 1993 to be 1.75 million pounds in 2021 value. That's uh, 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 3.79 million pounds. Well, it would appear that all this was uh, loot, taken in a raid. 1997, after nearly 18 years of incarceration, China releases Wei Xinxing, a pro-democracy dissident, from jail for medical reasons. 2002, the first cases of the 2002-2004 SARS outbreak are traced to Foshan, Guangdong Province in China. A lot of diseases are coming out of China. 2005, following a 31 year wait, Australia defeats Uruguay at a penalty shootout to qualify for the 2006 FIFA World Cup. 2009, Space Shuttle Program, Space Shuttle Atlantis It's launched on a mission, STS 129, at International Space Station. And in 2022, the Artemis program, NASA launches Artemis 1 on the first flight of the space Launch system, the start of the program's future missions to the moon. Now, I would point out that um, there's a lot of stories that we were warned, stay away from the moon. And you notice, after landing, we hadn't been back. does raise quite a lot of questions. Well, now that we've finished our little history segment, I've had a couple of emails wanting since I made mention that I followed the Middle East by shortwave, what I had picked up. And some of it came from uh, Pentagon. Some of it came from broadcast uh, on the shortwave. But apparently the U.S. doesn't want to see the war between Israel and Hamas uh, expand beyond Gaza and get into other areas of the region. Iranian-backed groups in Syria and Iraq continue to attack our troops engaged in the the defeat ISIS mission, as it's being called. Since October 17th through today, there have been uh, 55 attacks on U.S. forces. Uh, 27 attacks against U.S. forces in Iraq and 28 in Syria. 59 U.S. personnel got injuries in these attacks, 27 uh, TBIs and 32 other injuries. Uh, the Houthis affiliated with Iran shot down a U.S. mq 9 Reaper unmanned aerial vehicle. In other words, it's a drone. Uh, we responded to the attacks on our troops with... Uh, missions to hit targets in eastern Syria. There have been three different airstrikes. Our position is uh, we respond to attacks on our forces. Now, the Hamas has routinely made use of um, medical facilities such as hospitals to camouflage their uh, forces, their headquarters, and uh, we don't want to see firefights inside hospitals, Um, but we have information that Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad use hospitals in the Gaza Strip, including the al-Shifa hospitals as a way to conceal and support their military operations, and that's where they hold hostages. And, uh, Hamas has tunnels underneath hospitals and uses them in command and control nodes in Gaza City. They also store weapons there and are prepared to respond to U.S. military operations against the facilities. It's, um, they're doing their best to sway world opinion, I guess we should say, and, um. Uh, the way that they're doing it is uh, pointing to death and say this is Israel's fault. Well, the um, unfortunately, the the provocation for all these uh, terrorist and militant groups—they don't want Israel to exist simple as that. It's nothing Israel's done other than draw breath. Um, The unfortunate fact when Israel pulled out of um, Gaza the citizens of Gaza rightly or wrongly elected Hamas as the ruling government and they have uh, bided their time and all the foreign aid that's been sent has been siphoned through uh, Hamas, Uh, their senior leaders are living in luxury in Dubai and other places outside of Gaza. Well, the sad thing is they unfortunately follow a Religion that um, extorts them to be violent. And until they are eliminated, it's not going to... Um, the war's not going to end. Because Israel's not going to go away. And they're not going to stop until they get what they want. Now, the, since the Holocaust of the World War II the October 7th attack by Hamas on Israeli communities um, has been the worst uh, incursion. Uh, 1,400 Israelis were killed, over 200 hostages were taken, and most are still being held. And that provoked a response that Hamas did not expect by the Israeli military. And they've got uh, sympathizers, uh, Hamas does, and um, supporters all over the world stirring up all the uh, fuss and feathers that they can to get Israel to stop. Well, he's just not going to do it. Um, Egyptian officials have been worried about the possibility Palestinians in the coastal strip would stream into the Sinai Peninsula through the Rafah crossing on the Egyptian border, either fleeing the conflict or thrown out by Israel um, and fears of mass Palestinian displacement have been fueled by among other things Israel's imposition of what the uh, defense minister Yoav Gallant described as a total blockade of Gaza barring the import of food, electricity and fuel now yesterday or the day before Israel took fuel to the hospital and um, and Hamas the Hamas officials controlling it refused to accept it. They'd rather see people die they could put in the news media than to um, to try to save lives well it's um gonna continue until The um, Hamas is destroyed and of course they Hamas apparently expected Iran to raise the flags and go on to attack against uh, Israel and that didn't happen. Iran knows if it openly goes to war it would last about 30 minutes. the general R. ford uh aircraft carrier contains within itself enough um firepower uh, to destroy literally any country except russia all right well that's what i've got at the moment we're gonna go we've been talking about uh speaking of hospitals haunted hospitals Let's go to Los Angeles, California. Linda Vista Community Hospital. Um, Well. It's interesting to note. That a lot of these... um, shall we say, underutilized hospitals, are actually used as backdrops for films. The, um, one of these was ER, a uh, hospital drama based on the medical residency experiences of uh, Michael Crichton. It was filmed within the walls of one of the world's most haunted hospitals, and that's the Linda Vista Community Hospital. And whether or not you've ever set foot in the Los Angeles neighborhood of Boyle Heights, it's likely you've seen the Linda Vista Community Hospital before, either on in the movies or on TV. The, um... Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the macabre life of serial killer and blood splatter analyst Dexter, the vampires of true blood. Um... His production crew actually filmed a pack of real wolves running through the lobby of the hospital. Clint Eastwood's Secret Service agent hunting Presidential Session John Malkovich doing the line of fire. Dustin Hoffman's virus hunting doctor in outbreak. Honor Schwarzenegger's cop in End of Days and the military heroes of Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor were all filmed on the location in this run-down old Los Angeles hospital, long abandoned and redressed at countless movie and TV production sets. And if it could possibly get any more interesting, Duran Duran and Alice Cooper both film music videos there. along with a score of other bands during the past 30 or 40 years. Well, the hospital can trace its origins back to the Santa Fe Railroad. Down in the 20th century, there was a very real need for railroad workers to receive affordable and accessible health care. Railroad work carried its own unique set of dangers and medical hazards, so business at the newly built Santa Fe Coastlines Hospital was brisk, and the hospital had rapid growth. But times change, and neighborhoods do as well. Area surrounding the hospital, the railroad hospital slowly became poorer, and Patients less capable of paying their bills, forcing the reluctant hospital administrators to make financial cutbacks. Well, where you find poverty, quite often you also find violence. And the Linda Vista Community Hospital, as it came to be known, seems to find itself becoming what those in the emergency uh, medical services like to call a gun and knife club. It's a sort of facility that sees a high volume of violent trauma patients. Victims of shootings and stabbings and other violent clans became the new norm as the city of Los Angeles was caught in the grip of a bloody gang war. One doctor who tried unsuccessfully to save the life of a gang member who had been shot was then shot dead himself by the victim's fellow gang members in the parking lot outside the hospital. His ghost, of course, now haunts the hospital, having been seen by night security guards and visiting ghost hunters alike. Well, this tide of violence reached at your peak during the 80s that Linda Vista was forced to close its emergency room to ambulances. Death rates inside the hospital rose steadily, which was blamed by some on the equally steady downcrease in funding that resulted from the large volume of patients who just couldn't afford to pay their medical bills. But the the dark rumors also began to circulate of exhausted, overworked, and sometimes just plain incompetent staff members performing substandard patient care, which also contributed to the rising mortality rates. Well, like so many of its trauma patients, Linda Vista Community Hospital basically bled to death. More skilled among the medical staff, so they drifted away to take jobs and facilities that were better funded, and as a result, they paid better. Hospital doors were closed to real patients the last time in 1991. And it was then that the ghost stories really started to escalate. The cries of a distressed young girl have been heard by passers-by originating from somewhere on the lower floors. She's most frequently reported uh, on the first floor. She's also heard humming and singing from time to time. Mysterious green light has also been witnessed shining from inside the dark and deserted rooms after nightfall. And as the hospital became a big draw for ghost hunting teams, stories abounded of investigators hearing voices and seeing shadow figures and unexplained lights inside the building. With some even getting pushed and shoved by unseen forces. Well, Marcus Lindsay and Clara Benavides, the co founders of the research team Paranormal EXP, ex- conducted an own investigation at the Linda Vista Community Hospital in November 2010. Now they'd visited the ramshackle old place the year before. They'd done little more than explore the nooks and crannies on the first occasion. This time they planned on doing a thorough investigation. Beginning a vigil on the third floor of the long-abandoned building, uh, Marcus and Claire almost immediately surprised by a loud bang that seemed to originate in the wall somewhere behind them in the hallway. He said, "Marcus said we attempted to locate the source, but couldn't do it." We didn't hear anything similar to any other investigation uh, at Linda Vista. Never did figure out what caused the bang. When uh, Marcus was interviewed, uh, he was asked what it felt like to walk the corridors of Linda Vista. And Marcus responded, uh, during our first visit to Linda Vista, the place felt very intimidating and it, make it made us feel very uneasy. He said, Our minds played tricks on our eyes and definitely deceived us. But once you get a feel for the place and know the layout of such a humongous location, you start to feel much more relaxed in the environment. Even after our initial visit, you still can't help but feel that you're not alone there. There's other things moving around you can't see. Audio phenomena continued to follow the team, including the measured tread of footsteps along the corridor, which were heard when Lindsay and Benavides were standing quietly on the third floor of the nurse's station. Explaining a level of bravery that many people would find difficult to summon, the two investigators advanced in the direction of the uh, footsteps, probing the darkness with their flashlights. They wanted to have the steps stop when they approached, leaving nothing more than a dark, empty corridor filled with more questions than answers. And Jim Benavides also captured a number of EVP recordings, some of which were clearer than others. One of them said, "I'm in here." Another one responded to a question with a or sinister statement, been watching you. Well, coincidence, I may have been more accurate to say apparent coincidence plagues the field of paranormal investigation. Give one example, um, when an investigator was attending a charity investigation at a historic mansion in Denver, Colorado, a small group of people conducting experiments with a spirit box. Now, a spirit box, um, also known as uh, Frank's box, in deference to his creator, Frank... Uh, Sumption generally generates words from a computer database based on energy levels in the surrounding environment and speaks to them out loud in a, with a spooky electronic voice. Uh, the uh, investigator was wandering around uh, the lobby in this old house, chatting with various investigators and members of the public alike, and finally drifted over to the small cluster of people using the voice box. Well, the voice box immediately said paramedic. Well, that investigator happened to be a paramedic by profession. Experimenters seemed equally surprised. and said the readouts in the box had been largely meaningless up to that point in the evening. So for several hours, this box had made little sense. Right up until a paramedic steps within range. Well, as no saying goes, even a stop clock is right twice a day. But even so, a chill crawled up the investigator's spine at just how much of a coincidence it would have to be. He's seen the spirit box going to make several other equally coincidental exclamations uh, during his years chasing ghosts, such as the case in which a rabbit came up to the window of an old homestead they were investigating, and the rabbit was the immediate response in the box. Well, it's... It's hard to judge what is coincidence and what is happenstance. And The team of the paranormal EXP underwent a similar experiment since the experience themselves when they conducted EVP sessions down in the boiler room at Linda Vista. Next to their digital voice recording equipment, which was arranged on the concrete floor next to a couple of EMF meters, was an open bottle of water. Well, Marcus and Claire, accompanied by a male security guard, were the only living people present in the basement boiler room at the time. In fact, the security guard is the one who had suggested leaving an open bottle of water in the room, telling the paranormal investigators that for some inexplicable reason, this had led to some very positive results for experimentals in the past. Well, figuring nothing venture, nothing gained, they put the bottle on the ground. And although nothing was heard by anybody present at the time, when the that particular stretch of digital sound file was Played back over the speaker shortly after, there seemed to be an a- accented female voice that could very clearly and distinctly be heard to say, Water. Well, even a security guard is more than a little taken back, when Marcus asked him what was wrong, he said the voice sounded eerily similar to a female voice he had heard with his own ears on several occasions, speaking to him when he was all alone and patrolling the corridors and rooms within the old abandoned hospital. Well, Marcus considered this to be one of the two most impressive pieces of evidence captured by the paranormal EXP at Linda Vista, an accolade it shares with another EVP that uh, the team recorded down in the underground tunnel. Well, that was the same tunnel which, according to Marcus, other investigators managed to capture the apparition of a young girl on camera. The tunnel connects the body of the main hospital to that of the neighboring mental health ward. And the voice they heard said, is somebody in here? Well, the founders of Paranormal EVP would have returned to Linda Vista in an unexpected capacity just a few months later when they were cast on the Travel Channel reality TV show Paranormal Challenge. And uh, you have to ask yourself, why are many hospitals haunted and others aren't? All of them see their fair share of death and dying and with their strong emotions, not to mention violence and physical trauma if they have an emergency room. So what is it about the facilities, uh, such as the uh, Linda Vista, that makes them become so paranormally active once all the living patients have moved on? Well, one theory is that the location has much history, seeing its fair share of death and despair stemming from patient abuse. So it wouldn't be a surprise that this location would have spirits attached to it. The culmination of traumatic events that uh, took place could possibly create a hotspot of paranormal activity. Well, the EXP would ultimately investigate the old Linda Vista Hospital some six times in total. And to this day, they're still fascinated by the place. When he was asked, I'd like to go back one last time, The opportunity presented itself, he said, uh, very quickly, absolutely. Well, a 2012 Los Angeles Times article relates two apparently paranormal events that were experienced by long-term Linda Vista caretaker Francis uh, Cortecas, first involved a female similar to the type, uh, excuse me, a faucet I can't read. I write all this stuff out so I don't leave anything out, and I can't read my own handwriting. As I said, the first involved a faucet of a type that surgeons, nurses, and operating room technicians typically use to wash their hands while scrubbing up prior to to, going into surgery. And these faucets are controlled by levers, which the person scrubbing in can bump with their knee or thigh in order to turn it on or off. And one day, Cortecus was walking toward a sink containing such a faucet when the water began to flow of its own volition and, and turned itself off again. Well, the sounds of water flowing in empty rooms has been commonly reported at Linda Vista, particularly up on the fourth floor. Okay, well, second experience is one that was a little more chilling. He felt a small hand, which he described as feeling like his own daughter's hand or some similarly small child taking hold of his own hand. And you have to wonder if this is the the spirit of the little girl had been heard to cry out for help from the fifth floor. Since Linda Vista gained a measure of fame due to its reputation as one of Los Angeles' most haunted buildings, its frequent stints as a movie set, um, were interspaced with regular break-ins and acts of vandalism from an array of occultists and wannabes, arsonists, and those who were simply seeking an encounter with the supernatural. Another Los, Los Angeles Times article reveals the apparition seen by a Hollywood prop master who worked at Linda Vista for two months as part of a production crew. Prop master twice saw the what may have been the apparition of a former hospital employee cloud in a white shirt, standing by, white shirt standing by one of the windows. A colleague of hers who happened to be walking past the same spot was certainly overcome by the need to dash outside the building and throw up. This may well be the ghostly orderly that many people claimed have encountered still making his rounds at the hospital long after the last patient's been discharged well zach baggins and his ghost adventures crew visited the abandoned linda vista hospital in july of 2009 for the third season of their show accompanied by fellow paranormal investigators joe and rebecca mendoza mendoza's lady their experiences of coming into contact with the spirit of a doctor inside the hospital who uh Rebecca felt was aggressive and wanted to hurt her. Yeah, poking around in the basement, Bag and seemed to be genuinely and understandably disturbed when he found ashes inside the grated crematorium, along with what may have been the remnants of a human tooth. That would certainly get your attention no matter who you are. You well, know, the ghost adventures investigation was an extremely active one. They'd been inside the building for only a short period when they found that a chair had somehow rolled itself out into the corridor. Something that this particular chair had a history of doing before. Auditory, auditory activity was also recorded several times. Investigator uh, Aaron Goodwin uh, heard what he believed was a disembodied voice telling him, uh, radio or not, here I come. and the sound of a male voice, the actual words indistinct and impossible to make out was recorded in an empty corridor knocks and moans were picked up during the lights out portion of the lockdown when camera when a cameraman uh, at first thought maybe what a cameraman first thought maybe a grouse anymore like darth vader breathing of um or similar to a person on a ventilator when the footage is played back and finally there's a, the sound of a voice that cries out don't leave me which of course disturbed every member of the crew that heard it now linda vista had true trauma rooms specialist emergency areas where teams of surgeons and nurses and technicians fight to save the lives of critical patients who are bleeding to death or otherwise dying from horrific traumatic injuries as the ghost adventures crew uh lead was uh, interviewing some fellow ghost hunters inside one of those trauma rooms bizarre humming noise followed after each question was asked uh Still an unseen presence was attempting to answer on their behalf. Coming sounds been reported by a number of other paranormal investigators inside the, those same trauma bays. It's impossible to cover a building uh, with as much square footage as the average hospital using over human observers. Most paranormal research groups simply don't have the manpower to spare. As the ghost adventures crew is renowned for using uh, very, very small teams of investigators, it made sense for them to supplement their head count with the digital eyes and ears. Zach Baggins must have been very glad they had planted remote cameras throughout the hallways and rooms of Linda Vista because they turned up some intriguing anomalies, a circular light anomaly too big to be a dust particle weaving its way down a deserted hallway before it finally disappeared in plain sight, a white mist passing down the sidewall of one corridor, which Baggins believed to be the form of a six-foot-tall human uh, figure, now Baggage is well known for his attempts to bring about uh, paranormal activity by provoking his spirits when on location. After splitting his team up in order to avoid intimidating any ghosts that might be present, he began to pro, uh, provoke in earnest. Uh, he said, is that what you wanted for us to split up? Come out and don't be scared. Come out and touch one of us now. At that point, his fellow investigator gave a yell and came flying down the court in a panic. He said something a jumped behind him, and while it's unclear exactly what it was, a couple of odd sounds, one a bang, and one sounded like a thud, were picked up by his camera's microphone. Well, they sent one of the cameramen into one of the surgical suites trying to make contact with the spirits of the little girl who's said to haunt the area. And Baggins and his team were stunned when they heard what sounded like the voice of a young child. But maybe the more impressive noise, when unheard at the time, showed up only on the playback of uh, one of the digital voice recorders. Generally creepy, breathy sigh, not heard by any of the investigators in the room. And that breath was very distinct and uh, one a little unnerving, frankly. Well, then Nick Groff's turned to flee in panic when he saw a female apparition standing right in front of him, more than two feet away. Well, the fascinating aspect of that sighting of an appearance is uh, the technical malfunction that preceded it. Nick's video camera froze, uh, recording for exactly one second the instant before the apparition appeared. So, was it a mere coincidence or a physical side effect of a spirit manifestation? Might be tempting to write it off as a simple camera glitch, except for one startling piece of extra information. Another Cameraman's camera also froze at exactly the same time for one second. Well, there is a uh, book written by Nick Groff that uh, narrated that encounter in much greater detail. He described the brown haired apparition as being completely solid, but with a face that glowed in the dark dressed in a hospital gown that implies she was a patient rather than a member of the medical staff, and he estimated uh, from her appearance she dated to the 1980s or 90s, the final years of Linda Vista's lifetime as an actual working hospital, and probably one of the most turbulent time periods. Well, the... um, This particular episode of, uh, Ghost Adventures, um, saw Nick Groff leap away from his paranormal encounter after just a split second. But he claimed, when talked to later, to have experienced a sensation of time being stretched out. Being as though he and the woman made some kind of spiritual connection that lasted for more than a minute. The connection began when the pair's eyes met, which strongly implies that Nick was dealing with an intelligent haunting, something that, uh, was aware of his presence, capable of reacting to him and interacting with him, other than a residual recording. There are two types of hauntings, residual and actual. Nor was the ghost simply standing there mutely. She had one hand extended toward him as though reaching out to him in desperation. Could she have been caught in time? Afterward, he confessed to feeling absolutely terrified when this all took place. And that fear is very apparent in that segment of the TV show that aired... His expression and demeanor all reflect somebody who just sustained a massive shock, and he flatly refused to go back into that room again. An hour later, the closest he was able to force himself to get uh, was to stand just outside the surgical room, peeking into the dark interior. sound of something being dragged across the floor caused him to flee, and he didn't, never did go back into that room again. Well he's frank about the aftermath of his sighting. In fact he'd see the woman's glowing face every time he closed his eyes for days after the incident he speaks volumes about the intensity of this paranormal encounter, and he credits this as being the single experience that truly opened his mind to the reality of the paranormal. He went so far as to pay a sketch artist to draw the ghostly woman for him. In a very real sense, she had continued to haunt him for quite some time. And to cap it all off, a moment after the apparition was sighted and the three investigators calmed himself down once again, uh, all three heard a female voice say very clearly, Thank you. And that voice was successfully captured on a recording, and when considered in conjunction with the sighting and camera glitches, it makes for a fascinating piece of evidence. Although the outer facade remains every bit as foreboding and distinctive as ever, Interior of Linda Vista appears to be a very distinct, a different place today than it was just five years ago. It was bought in 2011 by a private company that capitalizes in the development of affordable housing. And aided by a $9 million grant from the government, extensive reconstruction was carried out to convert the this old hospital facility into almost 100 individual apartments intended to house senior citizens. Lead and asbestos and other potentially hazardous material all had to be removed before the Structure became safe to live in once more, but as far as we know, nothing was done to uh, remove the ghost, and they may still be wandering the hallways. From Los Angeles, let's go to London, St Thomas's Hospital. Now, if you walk through the heart of London, as I have done in the past. And you walk past Westminster Abbey and negotiate your way through the throngs of tourists that flock to the British capital city every single day of the year. You walk past the Houses of Parliament. um, And if you do it on the hour, you'll hear the resonant chimes of Big Ben that's towering above your head. And you cross the River Thames by strolling over the historic Westminster Bridge. And I would suggest, as you cross the bridge, you spend a few minutes um, taking in the ambiance of the bridge itself. It's got a reputation for being haunted that is now firmly entrenched in the folklore of London. And although the uh, the bridge only dates back to the 1860s, which is practically modern by the standards of a city that's that old, this particular spot on the River Thames has been a crossing point for most of the city's long life, going back to the to the best part of two millennia. In a book called Haunted Waters, the, Elliot O'Donnell, one of the true pioneers in ghost hunting, writes of the Westminster Bridge that, uh, it along with the nearby Waterloo Bridge, are well known to be haunted at times. Spectral figures are rumored to be encountered on them at, uh, in the dead of night and seen leaping from them into the Thames. Suicides from both bridges were almost nightly occurrences in the early 90s. More than once, um some of the writers and that I've listened to and read uh, narrowly missed wit- witnessing the suicides. In fact, O'Donnell recounted a personal experience dating back to 1933 in which he was traveling along the River Thames from Greenwich on a ferry boat when he spotted the figure of a woman clothed entirely in black who appeared to have a veiled face. The boat was just approaching Westminster Bridge when Without any warning at all, this mysterious veiled woman turned, took a running jump, and leapt overboard into the icy cold water. Vanished without a trace into the river. Wasting no time in diving into the water after O'Donnell Donald searched in vain for the woman, hoping against hope she'd be rescued from drowning. And finally he was forced to conclude that the body had been swept into the depths and accepted a helping hand back onto the ferryboat. boat. The... Uh, He turned and he saw the captain of the ferryboat shaking his head. The veiled woman had been seen on his boat before, the captain explained. O'Donnell had no more chance of saving her than the last two men who tried to make the same rescue attempt. Because she was the phantom of a young lady who had killed herself at that very spot, drowned in the dark waters beneath Westminster Bridge. Passing of a phantom boat has also been witnessed at this stretch of attempts, situated directly alongside the... The uh, St. Thomas Hospital. boat seen sailing quite normally underneath Westminster Bridge, appearing to be fully solid and real to the casual observer, but fails to ever emerge on the other side. It disappears underneath the bridge. Londoners also like to tell of an anniversary-type ghost, an enigmatic man dressed very formally in top hat and tails, who's reported to jump from Westminster Bridge into the dark waters below at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve. Well, you're forced to take this particular piece of haunted history with a grain of salt, considering that most of the eyewitnesses are experiencing uh, entirely different types of spirits as the New Year rolls around. And one popularly voiced explanation for this piece of folklore among Londoners is it would be the ghost of Jack the Ripper. Seeking to uh, evade justice one last time. Well, once Mr. Bridge has only seen more than his fair share of suicides through the years, it's also been the scene of multiple deaths caused by motor vehicle accidents. So it should come as no surprise to learn that this particular stretch of the Thames has been haunted for many, many years. Well, now that we've talked about Westminster Bridge and its ghost, we continue across the bridge and step into the Lambeth district of the city. On the left is the massive London Eye, the huge Ferris wheel that dominates the Thames River's uh, south bank. But um, on the opposite side of the street is one of London's oldest hospitals, perpetually gazing across the river at the House of Parliament, a place that has survived everything from the Black Death to Nazi bombs raining down by the Luftwaffe. The original St. Thomas Hospital is believed to date back as far as the 12th century. Historians aren't quite sure the precise year in which it was built. But the hospital was named for St. Thomas Beckett, and Beckett wasn't made a saint till 1173. He was infamously hacked to death by four knights after getting on the bad side of King Henry II, who supposedly called out, nobody rid me of this turbulent priest. So four loyal knights did. The first St. Thomas Hospital is located in the Southwick, District of the city, took care of London's penniless and destitute masses, which it did until the 1860s, when the powers at be decided to move St Thomas's to Lambeth. Her Majesty Queen Victoria personally laid the first stone of the current St Thomas's Hospital herself in 1868. New facility was designed to be both bigger and far more modern than the former premises had been. 21st century St Thomas Hospital is a bustling hive of. Activity, accommodating hundreds of inpatients and a multitude of other medieval services. Part of the King's College, London School of Medicine, St. Thomas, offers clinical experience and education to hundreds of new medical students every year. Operating on the cutting edge of modern medical care technology and teaching, this monolith of glass and plastic and steel might seem like a strange place to encounter ghosts from the past, but if you learn one thing... From listening to my broadcast, it's that wherever there are dead and dying, there tend to be ghosts. Well, many of the doctors, nurses, and other medical care workers who work on the wards at St. Thomas have heard of the ghostly gray lady who's haunted the hospital for at least a hundred years, and possibly quite longer. Described by those who encounter her as being in her early to mid-thirties, and gets her name from the long-skirted gray nursing uniform of yesteryear that she wears, and Usually encountered in the area of Block 8 in the hospital's south wing. Interesting to note, nurses during the late 19th and early 20th century did indeed wear long gray dresses until what we think of as the more traditional nursing uniform became commonplace after the First World War. Well, on that note, we've come to the end of today's show. We'll go into detail on the hauntings of St. Thomas tomorrow, but until then... This is Ken Hudno for the Ken Hudno Show, saying have a truly great evening.